With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Has 45,000 people living there. So uh, stay alert out there in the islands because it could get a little scary. Um, Okay. Um, The 2022 Word of the Year has come out. What is it? Gaslighting. That's the Word of the Year? Yep. What does that mean? I I start to say, are you familiar with the term gaslighting? Jeff, do you know what it means yeah, to it, gaslight someone? Yeah, I just I figured that would be more like maybe a 2020 thing or a 2021 thing. I, I don't know. Well, it's funny you bring well, that and up. Who, who is this according to, by the way? Uh, it is according to Merriam-Webster, Webster's Dictionary. Gaslighting is the, is the uh, word of the year. Other top words and terms from 2022 include cancel culture, Omicron, LGBTQIA, and queen consorts. Last year's word of the year was vaccine. Kind of figured that might be the case. Um, what is gaslighting? I guess I could look it up on Google. But no, according to the Newport Institute, gaslighting is a form of manipulation where the manipulator attempts to make their victim believe that what's happening to them isn't really happening and that the reality is untrue. It can include lying about or denying something or refusing to admit the lie even though you show them proof. Uh, it can include insisting that an event or behavior that you witnessed never really happened and that you're remembering it wrong, spreading rumors and gossip about you or telling you that other people are gossiping about you, changing the subject or refusing to listen when confronted about a lie or other gaslighting behavior, telling you that you're overreacting when you call them out. This all sounds like stuff that happens in your Del Valley domicile, right? Oh. The dwelling down there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I guess so. A lot so. of gaslighting going on yeah. down there in Del Valley? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Word of the year. Yeah, there it is. Gaslighting. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is what you guys have been waiting for. Do you guys remember the story about the cocaine bear? Ooh. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Why does that... I, that should be something that's top of mind yeah. for me, but refresh me. Yes, cocaine mustache. Um, it happened. You uh, laugh. Bear, get the here, You laugh. True story. You know, um, true story. Now, this happened, and there's a reason I'm bringing this up. This, put it on his nails. This suit. happened in oh this Oh, my God. Uh, you know, you Whoa, that's about? a big scoop. December 1985. Okay. Bears are big. A 175-pound American black bear ingested a duffel bag full of cocaine. Whoa! Now, the cocaine was dropped out of an airplane (laughs) piloted by Andrew C. Thornton II, a former narcotics officer and convicted drug smuggler because his plane was carrying too heavy a load. 
So that bear went full on Tony Montana. Whoa. Uh, it did. The bear uh, died uh, after yeah. that. And, you know, when a film is marketed as inspired by true events, quite often it's not really the case. Remember all the horror movies that told us? Yeah, really. (laughs) Only for the story to be loosely based on it. They're making a movie called Cocaine Bear. I'm I'm there day one. That should be a light of the field trip. I knew you'd be on board with Cocaine Bear. I just, I just knew. But the story is what happens between his death and him ingesting. The, it, the, well, here's the thing: the real cocaine bear can be seen in a museum in Lexington, Kentucky. So that's him there. Okay, they he, stuffed him. He does look pretty coked up. I got, I must say. <laughs> oh. uh, 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 so, so <laughs> that was in uh, Lexington, oh. Kentucky. So Hollywood couldn't pass up the idea of creating a film surrounding cocaine bear. Only this time, it's a thriller about a black bear that ingests a bunch of cocaine and goes on a rampage. <laughs> so, yes. Jake. So, I knew you guys would be about this. Yeah, it's so funny. Universal <laughs> picture. You just see the bear, like, just take a big old scoop. Yeah. All right, and so then, like, is. stand up on his back. Like, oh. <laughs> Looking around. So, get this. Universal Pictures. This is their quote about it. In a Kentucky forest, an American black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. Uh, it's being directed by Elizabeth Banks. And, wow. Yeah. And it comes out February 24th, 2023. Next February, fellas. The, uh, the film is really straightforward in its premise, and there's apparently something appealing about that. So uh, the uh, the cocaine bear cast will include names like uh, uh, let's see, well known names making up the cast: uh, Carrie Russell, uh, oh, uh, blast from the past. The late Ray Liotta was in part of it. Uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. Um, yeah, so there's uh, there's there's some other who's voicing the bear. That's what I want to know. I don't know if anybody's voicing the bear. I mean, it's, it's like bear sounds, I guess. You it's know? CGI bear. Yeah. God, Cocaine bear. Cocaine CGI bear. Yeah. So you can voice him. Yeah. I thought you guys would be down uh, with yeah. cocaine bear. I thought you'd be that's up one there. heck of a nummy. Yeah, yeah. Somebody he said bear used to claw like a pig. Yeah, that's what I was t- talking order. about earlier. Just yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so there you go. Uh, cocaine bear. Thought you'd be down with that because you um, love it when bears do human things. Yeah, even accidentally. I'm all about this. This could be like a snakes on a plane situation where this movie is just so bad and ridiculous that it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably the way it's going to be. So we'll find out. Cocaine bear coming to a theater near you, February 24th. All right, second hour of the program coming up. And <laughs> Greg Tepper, managing editor, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, will join us as well as another Flex 30 update and a second Longhorn Notebook, all coming up in hour number two of Life the Tower on the Horn. And I'm Aaron Bowersock. We are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across the Austin area. To learn more about how... It's Light the Tower... Your daily look around the world of sports. 
with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. Snoop Daniel alongside as well. Uh, later on this hour, we'll have a Flex 30 update and uh, give you some details about that uh, all-Flex team. And uh, we have another Longhorn Notebook to come this hour as well. Uh, the couple of uh, cleanup from the uh, Specs text line. This in response to the story we had in our inconceivable segment about a movie called Cocaine Bear, uh, a based on uh, uh, true events of a bear ingesting an entire big uh, duffel bag full of cocaine, and then uh, the, the bear goes on a rampage, that kind of thing. Somebody said, the bear doesn't growl. You just hear it sniffling from a distance, and you know you're about to get whacked. Uh, <laughs> They're also going to make a marijuana bear movie that's loosely based off a yogi bear. He just eats a duffel bag full of weeds and the weed and starts raiding picnic tables. Oh, that would be. They already did make a marijuana bear movie. It's called Ted. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so anyway, that, well played. Uh, Carolina Sam says, "Hope the bear doesn't end up like the mule and bachelor party." Oh yeah, there was that. Someone else hoping that uh, that it's Winnie the Pooh, and somebody else in the bear's name would be Pablo Escobar. Yeah, okay. So there you go. All right. So uh, that's a little bit of cleanup from our number one. All right. Time to go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, our weekly conversation with the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, certainly. Uh, I'm happy to join him and Aaron as co-host of High School Scoreboard Live. Uh, now on Saturdays through the playoffs, we had our first Saturday show last Saturday, so uh, we can wrap up the entire weekend. It'll be on again this Saturday, 11 o'clock. And we were even able to stand one another long enough, uh, sitting beside one another, calling the uh, Carthage-Gilmer game last Friday night. He's Greg Tepper. How you doing, Tep? I'm good. Um, I just want to make sure I understand this. Uh, you want me to follow Cocaine Bear. I, well, I, I thought if anybody... Cocaine Bear is my lead-in. Yeah, if anybody was capable of doing it, it would be you being able to follow that story right. of Cocaine Bear. But uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know... That's a lot to handle, but I will try my best. Okay. All right. With that in mind, then, um, you made the point on the show Saturday night that here we were. Uh, there's already been uh, some incredible drama, some great games like we figured, some expected blowouts, some unexpected results. And for all that, we're just now halfway through. So we're halfway through the playoffs. What's your biggest takeaway from the first half of the 2022 postseason? First things first, I do think it's it, one thing that we just it, it's important to reset sometimes because it's um, uh, I think we we kind of get into the we, we swim in the soup and so we don't necessarily take a, a, appreciate the fact that you have to win six games or at least five in the six man ranks uh, to win a state championship. Six six playoff games is like. That's an insane, like, thing. Like, you know, with six different football games over the course of a month and a half, you have to win. It, it, it really is just worth taking a step back and, and be like, we've been talking about playoffs for a month, 
and we're only halfway through. Um, my biggest takeaway overall is that I'm not sure how many contenders we've really lost so far this year. There have been the upsets here and there. Uh, you know, I think some, some big ones and then some, some more near misses uh, along the way. Uh, but I would say that, that overall, as far as contenders are concerned, you know, bona fide certified statewide contenders, almost all of them have survived to this point. There are some exceptions. I think Lexington uh, going out in the first round of Wallace Brazos probably springs to mind. Uh, we've had a couple of others kind of drop by the wayside here and there. But, you know, for example, uh, and then there are others that are like Gilmer, for example. Gilmer was uh, obviously a statewide contender, but they just ran into another statewide contender in Carthage because that's how the bracket broke. Um, I think that overall, for example, if you take a look at our at our at the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff predictions beforehand, you know our staff predicted all the eleven man brackets and picked champions for all of them, and there were five of us who did it. So fifty state championship picks, all fifty are still alive. Whoa. All fifty of us have, yeah, we we've all got all of our state champions alive now. Will we lose one or two this week? Yeah, probably. But I would say through the first three weeks, you could more or less ripped a lot of this so far there have been the, the the upsets here and there but for the most part it's been relatively chalky I'd say. why do i get the feeling that you that, that as learned as your staff is that they mm-hmm. probably did not have a 1a division two state semifinal between oakwood and lorraine that is true uh that is true uh, that we, i don't I think, think anybody would have had from. that <laughs> I would say, actually, if you that it's funny you mention that, Craig, because I would say I would even zoom out even further and say that if you are looking for chaos, if you are looking for a a a, a bracket or a, a a classification that has gone a little cattywampus, it would be in the small classification, be in one A. Yep. I would say overall, when you take a look at them, Happy and Westbrook, that's a that's a pretty chalky kind of left side of the Division One bracket. Abbott, I would say, is pretty chalky. Erie and County. Erie County, yes, they were undefeated, but this was a program that hadn't won a playoff game since 1971, and now they're in a state semifinal. I would say, and the way that they did it last week, uh, I think uh, certainly is worthy of, of, of their praise, beating Jonesboro the way that they did. And then you go to the Division Two, and I think you've got three certified party crashers. Benjamin has been the number one wire-to-wire team in our rankings all year long, but Whit Harrell, Oakwood, and Lorraine, I would say, are all have a claim to being party crashers. All very good teams. Oakwood, if you haven't seen... They've got a Mr. Texas football semifinalist in, in uh, Zach Nickerson, who is going to set some, uh, some six-man single-season records running the ball. Uh, Lorraine's defense has been spectacular. And then Whit Harrell has, has faced down Giants each of the last few weeks and, and come, up, come out uh, clean on the other end. So uh, really, if you are looking for the chaos part of the, of the playoffs, it's been in the smallest classification. All right, so uh, you say you like to play an evil little game with me where you uh, give me three games that I could transport to any one of them and I can only pick one. Here's what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you one team in each division of where 12 state champions will be crowned, and you tell me who's the biggest surprise out of all of them, okay? All right, so here we go. Uh, I'm going to start like you did, 1A Division Two, smallest division. All right, uh, out of 1A Division Two, I'm going to say Oakwood. Out of 1A Division One, I'm going to say Erion County. Out of 2A Division Two, I'm going to say New Home. Out of 2A Division One, uh, I'm going to say Cooper. Out of 3A Division Two, I'm going to say Gilmer Harmony. Out of 3A Division One, I'm going to say 
Uh, ooh, that's pretty good. That, oh, it's, it's real chalky. Yeah, real chalky. that's kind of hard to pick one there. Maybe, I guess you could say Columbus, maybe. Uh, but even that's that's, right. that's a stretch. Yeah, Whitesburg. Of course, Whitesburg got there last year to that level. So, right. Eh. Uh, all right, uh, 4A Division Two, um, Monahans, 4A Division One, uh, Anna, uh, 5A Division Two, Flower Bluff. A 5A Division One, um, uh, maybe Burleson Centennial, uh, and then uh, 6A Division Two Harker Heights. Uh, no, I'll get you one better. No, Harker Heights. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with and 6A Division One. I'm going to say Louisville. <laughs> yeah, t- take your choice on Louisville or Prosper. Anyway, all right. So out of all of those, who's the biggest surprise to be in the round of eight? I would. I would say the team that is the biggest surprise left standing is probably Harmony. They're in three A Division two, um, simply because of the way that they've got you know they've gone there. And this is a five loss team. I yeah. mean, this is an eight and five team uh, that has kind of started, gotten hot late, uh, kind of rolling through a rough and tumble. That uh, region that win over West Rusk last week, I think, is really impressive uh, what they were able to do. But you named a lot of teams that I think uh, have a claim to being the biggest surprise. Um, you know, Monahan's. I think what they've been able to do and put together late. We had Fred Stow on High School Schoolboy Live on Saturday, and and they've been they've been you know they're playing with confidence. They played different types of ball games. They they played a wild shootout last week against Godley. They played low scoring slugfests. They can beat you in a lot of different ways. If you want to zoom out and talk about from a big picture perspective, from a preseason perspective. I would say the answer is probably Anna, uh, simply because uh, you know we. This is a program that's never done this before. They've already set a record for. You know, this is a this is the best season program history by a pretty considerable margin at this point. And they have and they faced down Giants, right? They faced down Salina twice. They faced down Stephenville. They've come out with big wins. Now these past two weeks in Stephenville and Anna, it's been tight. They've won those two games by a combined four points, but they don't ask you how. They ask you how many. And they were, this was a really, this Anna team, I think, from, from the outset would have been a real surprise. Um, but they've, they've kind of uh, grown into a team that we've expected to be here. Uh, so there are those things. But the other one that I would throw out there that might be a, a surprise in that same bracket in 4 Division One. in fact, on that same side of the bracket, the Wichita Falls Coyotes. Um, this is a, a program that, you know, again, is in an interesting situation because uh, of what's happening there at Wichita Falls ISD, where they're going to uh, close all three schools in two years uh, and then consolidate into two brand new schools. Uh, and they are putting together kind of a vintage Wichita Falls high, old high year. You know, that win last week over Brownwood, they were pretty sizable underdogs. Uh, and they not just won, they were very clearly the dominant force in that game. Uh, and so I would say that for Grant Freeman's bunch there at Wichita Falls, they may have claimed to being the biggest surprise uh, left. Uh, but you, you more or less nail it. The only, the only other one I'd throw out there is, is C.E. King out of, out of, out of Sheldon ISD. Uh, that's a fourth-place team that, that fished fourth in their own district, and now they're into a regional final. But that, I think, speaks to the strength of District 21-6A, which has three of their four teams still remaining. Tep, I want to go to 4A Division Two. I've been fascinated by this bracket, this field, how it's played out. That Silsby Quero game. I know we've talked a lot about Silsby mm-hmm. on the show. We always talk about Quero. The winner of that game. What what kind of a chance do you give them hypothetically against Carthage down the road? Um, 
a good one. Uh, now, they would have to get past the winner of Region 4, admittedly. You know, Wimberley, Lago Vista, you know, a, a rematch, which I'm excited about. But, yeah, I think they'd be favored over Region 4. Um, and, yeah, look, I, I, I think that you're talking about, when you talk about explosive playmakers, if you're looking for a fireworks factory uh, game this week, uh, Silsby Cuero is probably it. You know, Draylon Miller... The playmakers that they've got, uh, you know, on on that Sylvie side are are really impressive, and I also think that their defense has has grown up a lot uh, over over the over the course of the season, and that makes them particularly dangerous. But they are going to have a real challenge on their hands uh, going up against this Quero team that you know is is no stranger to the big stage. Uh, they got a real scare in that first round, if you remember. They 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 had to go to overtime to beat Salado, but since then. They have been rolling, and they've got a ton of big-time playmakers. Mason Nataro, their quarterback, I think has been a real revelation, but they are also able to run the ball really well with Tyson Williams and Zyler Jones. Um, look, I, I, will, I will say this. Uh, when Craig and I were calling the Gilmer Carthage game last week, I came away, and, and Craig can vouch for this, uh, after the game I turned to him and I said, Gilmer is the second-best team in, two, in 4A Division two. Uh, and then Carthage beat him by three touchdowns. Like, what does that mean? Uh, it is going to take a special effort to beat this Carthage team. They look like a freight train right now. And, and, and so would I love to see it? Absolutely. And Cuero has a history of putting on a show on the big stage. There's a gentleman there in Austin who can vouch for that right now. Mm. But I would say that I would say that Carthage has to be, in my opinion, at this point, the clear favorite in 4A Division II. The winner of Region 3 is probably the closest thing that we'd have to a, to a challenger. Would you say that Carthage is more of a clear favorite in their bracket than either of these teams? Benjamin in 1A Division II, mm. Fort Ben Marshall in 5A Division II. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, the only one. So Fort Ben Marshall is interesting. I, I picked South Oak Cliff before the before the playoffs, and I am starting to waver off of that. Not because South Oak Cliff's done anything wrong, but because Fort Ben Marshall has done a lot right. They have looked awesome this year, and they this looks like the year for for James Williams's bunch. They do look like perhaps the the favorite in five A Division two. That's with all due respect to the defending state champs and some other very good teams there, uh, like Argyle, for example, the number one team in the state. Um, but Benjamin's interesting. So Benjamin's been wire-to-wire number one. They have not been challenged in a lot of ways. This is a team that I do think is pretty clearly uh, the best team there. But I also think that you're getting into the – you know, when you talk about getting into the state semifinals, you're talking about – or you're, you're talking about, you know, teams that have, have earned their way here, and they're going to throw the kitchen sink at them. But, like, make no mistake. I think that they're a the favorite this week uh, over, over Whit Harrell, although Whit Harrell has proven that you doubt them at, their, at your own peril. Uh, but I also think – because I, I also think that Whit Harrell is probably a little bit more battle-tested. You know, Benjamin's signature win was probably back in week six when they beat Lorraine. Now, that win has aged exceptionally well exceptionally well i mean that's a that's a division one uh, that's a division two state semi uh, state semifinals uh, themselves i mean they could have a rematch with them in a, in a potential state championship game uh but i do think that wood harrell's walked a tougher path uh i would say right now carthage is probably of those three the most clear favorite in the bracket mm. um let me get your thoughts on a couple of games involving the areas uh vandegrift dripping springs first of all 
Yeah, I mean, we'll just run it back. Um, it was it was a great matchup in week one. It'll be a great w- matchup in week fifteen. Um, and and I also think that both of these teams have grown, but they it also feels like they've grown at the same rate. That's what's so interesting is that you know normally you could go back to we, if they played a, a game three months ago, you could say, well, how much have these teams changed? I would say they both changed, but they've also kind of changed in the ways that like at at the same kind of uh, you know pace. In a lot of ways, I think that this Dripping Springs defense has really rounded into form, and that you know, if you pay so much attention to Austin Novosad, then you're going to miss the forest for the trees. Because I do think that that this is a really good balanced team going up against this Vandegrift team. That I do think their defense has really come online as well, and Braden Buchanan, their quarterback, has stepped up in a big way. Um, it was a it was a field goal game last time. I would expect nothing less. Uh, the only thing that would really shock me in this game would be if one of the teams ran away with it. Um, this is this is a coin flip type game. Um, I think, boy, howdy! I don't know if I've even made my pick on this yet. Mm. Um, I think I think I like drip. I think I like drip, but it's a coin flip type game. I, I, it's hard to beat a good team twice, and and all of those kind of cliches. But uh, but I, I, I would give a slight edge to Dripping Springs. Will Brennan give Westlake a tough time? Yeah, I think they will. I, I like the one, you know, of course, last week we were talking all about Brennan and, and like Travis, and we thought that on paper Brennan was the better team, but there is this curse. Like, there's like you're playing a team from the west side of Austin, and that's, that's usually where things kind of end for San Antonio teams. They get over the hump against a wounded, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from Brennan because they were spectacular, and Ashton DuBose is excellent, but a wound, an admittedly wounded like Travis team. Uh, now they're going to take on what appears to be uh, as close to a full strength Westlake team as, as, as we can, as we've seen. Um, I think that Brennan can give them some trouble, but I ultimately think that the defense for Westlake is probably going to end up being the difference. And I think that that front, uh, especially defensive front, is going to be the, the difference maker for Westlake. So they'll give them trouble. This will be a, this will be a closer game than than maybe past San Antonio versus Westlake Lake Travis games have been. Uh, but I do think that Westlake will probably pull. Should Liberty Hill have uh, any real issues with Flower Bluff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, Flower Bluff's interesting because what they are is pointsy. Real, real, real pointsy. And they want to go and get into a, a wild shootout with you. Um, but I also don't know if they're going to be able to slow down this Liberty Hill offense. You know, now Liberty Hill offense last week was slow to get online, you know, but then they rattled off 35 straight in, or 35 points in, in the second half and ended up winning a uh, thriller. Um, if they, if they, if they hang, if they let Flower Bluff hang around, then they are explosive enough to hit some big plays and give Liberty Hill some fits. But, Liberty Hill is, in my opinion, a pretty clear favorite in this game. Uh, better game involving Austin area schools, Wimberley Lago Vista, or Granger Burton? Oh man, that's a real, real Sophie's choice there. Um, I would probably say Wimberley Lago Vista simply because we've seen it before and we know that they play close games. I mean, this is a three, four point game the first time they played um back in uh, you know back in 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 week week 10 uh you know Wimberley won 31-28 and that is i believe the closest game Wimberley's played this year um and in Lago Vista i think that they're already on a revenge tour they got some revenge over Navarro last week remember that was, that was a Navarro team that beat them by three touchdowns just like four weeks ago and then they go and they 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 kind of give them some a receipt so i'm very intrigued in what a rematch of that looks like that Granger Burton game is interesting too, because Granger is a team that that obviously is playing exceptionally well right now. Um, and then Burton, 
Like, I don't know. Nobody's, nobody's scored on Burton in the playoffs so far. Like, they've pitched three straight shutouts, and their defense has been very good. They won a game 7 nothing. How about 7 nothing last they, week? <laughs> they, they won a game, but here's the thing. That, that's the second most weirdest game they've played because they won a game 6 nothing in, in non-district. Like, this is a bizarre – this is a team whose defense has been exceptional all year long. Can Granger find, like, literally anything against them? That's, that's the real question. Um, fascinated by that. Uh, and, 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 yeah, Austin's got a couple of really fun kind of small school games here. All right. And finally, which matchup would you rather be at? Mm-hmm. Shiner Refurio, Grandview Malakoff. Uh, um. China or Furio. Uh, it's hard to pass that up because, with all due respect to Grandview Malakoff, which is, you know, I believe the eighth time in the last five years they're going to tee it up, um, you know, that is a rematch of a game that was fantastic earlier in, in non-district, and I think it's going to be great. The, the margins were, were closer on that than they were in the Shiner Refurio game, but remember, Refurio scored a long touchdown run with, like, a minute left to really kind of salt it away to make that a 38-27 game. That was a one-score game. The other thing that's interesting about this this Shiner Furio game is how much did these two teams hold back, knowing full well that there's a fair chance there, a pretty good chance I would say that they're going to meet each other at this point, uh, you know, again. Uh, how much did they have that? The other thing for me, you know, I think if you look at, at these teams on paper, Refurio is the better team. I think that that if you were to line them up one through twenty-two, Refurio would have the, the superior team, but they don't have a Dalton Brooks. And and and, and Dalton Brooks is the best player on the field. I think everyone in the in in that game would admit it. And this does have real Dalton Brooks hero game potential. That they were able to more or less bottle him up as much as you can in the in the first one. I think he's going to get forty five carries in this game. And I think I think that Daniel Bedeker is going to say, "Take us to glory, big boy." And so there's a real. There's a real hero game, real legacy game possibility here for Dalton Brooks, and that's what I think is really interesting. Okay, uh, uh, you know, I, I know you're happy that I didn't have to have you uh, talk about Lano, and uh, thank for, you. Uh, and uh, and then uh, can and I then, tell you something? Can I tell you something about Lano? Yeah, they're going to beat Edna. They're going to beat him. Okay, and then, and then and then and then Waterloo is next week against Franklin. Is that is that your thought? And then, and then it's and then it's Franklin, and and I I, I like I like Lano, but I don't like Lano as much, so much to pick him against the defending state champs or, or Columbus. I mean, heck, that's yeah. a hellacious regional final in in three A Division one. So um, yeah, I, I like Lano over Edna. Uh, is the most under the radar matchup in the entire state of Texas, Tidehaven and Poth? Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Tidehaven and Poth is really flying under people's radar. I think because it's the week that it is that nobody's going to be talking about that, but that's a really fun game. Tidehaven, David Lucio's bunch have been really strong uh, you know, this season, and I think especially late. This is one of those peaking at the right time type ball clubs. Um, and, and what they did last week against Wallace Brads was impressive. They have been rolling people of late. And I think that the biggest issue, the biggest thing for them is that I think their defense has really turned it around. They'll need to turn it around against a big physical post team whose defense has also been very good. Um, I think that's the real, that's the, if, if there is a hipster game this week, the, the Tidehaven Poth is, is the hipster game this week. Uh, your, your hope and your dream and your bold prediction of a Valley team reaching the final four is one win away from it. We, we, we've arrived at the moment, you know, PSJ North and Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Um, PSJ North is, is just such a different team in the sense of like, they're, they're like, they're big. They're just huge. And they mash you up. They're physical. They're going to be better in the trenches than Corpus Christi vets. 
Uh, but this is a Vets team that has proved people wrong all year long. They were a preseason pick in our in our magazine, and then we all kind of soured on them, like kind of all at once, because I think we all kind of got caught up in, in, in the Valley and, and Corpus Christi Miller because they're, you know, ooh, sparkly things. Uh, but the one thing I will say is that this PSJ North defense really held down and dominated Corpus Christi Miller in their regional semifinal. Uh, if, if that defense is able to come up with another another uh, game like that and Ali Aparicio, their quarterback, is able to come up with a little magic and take care of the football, I think PSJ North can do it. It is going to be a raucous atmosphere Saturday night in, at Buck Stadium in, in Corpus Christi. It is going to be it's, that's the best atmosphere in the state. I'm convinced that's going to be like what we saw last year with the Shiner Refurio uh, game in Victoria with that atmosphere. I think this is going to be as good as that one. It's going to be really fun. He is the master of shiny things on Dave Campbell's Texas Football <laughs> Magazine. He's the managing editor, Greg Tepper, and he'll join Aaron Hardigan and me Saturday night on High School Scoreboard Live. Appreciate the time, Tep. Look forward to seeing you this week. All right, boys. Talk soon. All right. There we go. And uh, there's the uh, the thoughts, the predictions, and the like uh, from Greg Tepper. All right, coming up, uh, we have Flex 30 update, and we have another Longhorn Notebook when we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. A couple of things here. Uh, our friend Beaver Lynch, Jason, who clearly is a Dripping Springs guy and I think also a graduate. So will the Dripping Springs victory be televised on Friday? Uh, I don't, A, I don't know if it's a victory yet or not. Uh, I don't think any of us know. That's that's going to be a close one. B, uh, I don't know that it, it's not going to be televised on over-the-air TV that, I, that I'm aware of. Uh, might be a stream uh, NFHS subscription stream telecast thing. But uh, I, I don't know that it's going to be. In fact, I'm pretty certain it's not going to be an over-the-air uh, telecast thing. So, my, uh, I'm sorry I missed this text. Does Doledo have a chance against Longview? Should they meet? Well, they would meet. It'd be next week in the semifinals. I like Alito's chances against Burleson Centennial. Longview is the, is the unquestioned favorite in five AD one, but they'd have a shot uh, for sure. So, all right, there you are. A couple of things. All right, now. Um, to let you know, you know, in addition to covering high school football the way that we have all season long, uh, the other thing that we've been uh, talking about throughout the course of the season, giving you a bunch of names, is the All Flex team. And there was a partial release of some All Flex team, but it was incomplete because there were other names that were brought in. For example, there's going to be more than one offensive lineman on the list. There's going to be more than one defensive lineman on the list. So what we're doing as a staff is we've got a big meeting today. We we take this very, very seriously. And we'll, we're going to vet more candidates and talk about that. A lot of this is going to depend on you, uh, the listener. I will, I will tell you that because several of you have sent in names. Some even have sent stats or video clips and said, hey, consider this guy for the All-Flex team. We welcome every single bit of that. Bring it on in. It's probably going to be sometime next week when it's announced. It'll be before the AP All-State teams are announced, which happens the week of the state championship. So it's probably going to be sometime next week when we get it, but we're still compiling some information. So some of that got out there was just kind of like a little preview thing. We pulled that back in. We want to make sure when it's released, it says full of group 
as you would imagine, because there's a lot of uh, great candidates out there. I mean, we, we've all been through uh, quite a bit of, uh, what's the old term, wailing and gnashing of teeth in terms of uh, the, the, the tough assignment of trying to uh, yeah. you know, name an all-flex team. Yeah. One lineman when five linemen start is... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tough. Yeah, right. So there needs there, there's yeah. going to be more than one offensive lineman. There's going to be more than you one defensive lineman. You are better than all linemen. 600 linemen. Yeah, yeah, right. So <laughs> the, I, I know some folks had bounced back and said, what? This guy wasn't on this? Or this guy could Trust me, there's more to come. Hang with us on that. Uh, so we just wanted to let you know that it's still the work in progress. It's probably going to be sometime next week you'll see the entire all-flex team. It's a responsibility we do not take lightly, and we will dive into it. And we have another big meeting today to discuss more of the candidates. So just want to let you know that. All right, there you go. There is your Flex 30 update. Time now for another Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn lender and the home loan expert. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com. We didn't really get to recap the Sark press conference yesterday because we had like 30 seconds at the end of the show. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything that jumped out to you during that? Sark went for almost 35 minutes. I thought it was a good macro uh, overview of the season because there were a lot of people puzzled. I'm going to leave it at that, puzzled, that there was even a news conference yesterday. You know, it's like, okay, regular season is over. Yeah, there'll be a bowl game, and so there's bowl press conference stuff to come. But why is there one? Remember, he did one last year, and they said, well, yeah, because the season was over at 5-7. and seven. Uh, He wanted to do one uh, to make sure that everybody knew where things stood for the team. Obviously, they'll wait to see what the bowl announcement is going to be. Uh, we'll we'll find that out later this week. It'll get official on Sunday. But I think he just wanted to make sure that for those who had questions and wrapping up the regular season, here's where he stood. And I thought I thought that was a really good macro presentation of all of it. Yeah, covered a lot of bases talking about <laughs> everything from NIL to the portal to – uh, answering questions about Xavier Worthy. There was some stuff about him that popped up. We just played or in the first hour, played that Bijan and Jalen Ford cut. Practices uh, as they related, as you brought up yesterday, about the bowl. How much was uh, all-encompassing about the season and how much of it was bowl-specific? He said, what, first five practices are kind of be like a mini spring? He said the first half. First yeah, half yeah. of spring practice. The first, the first half of the bowl practices right. will be uh, kind of a spring ball. He said spring ball mentality. Yeah, they'll have to those, and that kind of bled into some of the stuff I asked about player development and some of those young guys. And I, I appreciated the answer. He said, "Look, it's tough to tell." Uh, he said, "I think he called it." He said it was a unique question. Uh, he said it's tough to tell during the season. You know, some of those developmental guys, how much better they're getting. But he did mention uh, during the bye week, you know, like a guy like Malik Murphy, a guy like Jaden Blue. Once he got to see some of those guys, Jare Bledsoe is a guy he's talked a lot about. And then there's been, you know, like a Terrence Brooks that kind of got thrown into the fire late in the year when Sean Jamison got hurt. You bring uh, up Swanson. I hadn't heard his name Zach, in months. Zach Swanson, yeah, yeah is another one. Um, and this 2022 class that they signed is more than just those offensive linemen. 
And this is a talented class. And we've gotten to see some of those guys. I mean, even on offense, we've seen a little bit of Savion Red, a little bit of Brendan Thompson. Uh, so I think that the staff is really excited about that class, that first full cycle for Sark and company. And I, I think, too, Craig, what's interesting, I think what's going to be top of mind for a lot of people, because the 2023 class in terms of the high school kids, it's almost done. I think they've got a few spots left, but I, I hate using this term because I feel like I overuse it, and it is overused. They do want to keep some of their powder dry for the transfer portal. And I think, you know, you're going to have hits and you're going to have misses in the portal. But, you know, you take a look at a guy like Ryan Watts. Like Ryan Watts has been a tremendous addition for this program out of the transfer portal. Uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, getting him out of the portal was big. I think even you look at last year, you know, uh, a guy like uh, Ray Thornton played a lot of snaps for this team. Ben Davis, when he was healthy, uh, was productive. So this staff has been really good. I didn't even mention Daniel Trejo coming in as a transfer for camp, uh, handling your punting duties. And Sark, I thought it was interesting. Sark said that was maybe the biggest surprise this year because the kicking game was pretty much a complete unknown going into the year when you lose Cameron Dicker. And Daniel Trejo's done a pretty solid job as a punter. So this staff has done a really good job of identifying their needs and then going to get the right guys out of the portal. Like I said, you know, we'll we'll see at some point what happens with the career of a Jai Hall. I think we all know how talented he is. Uh I don't, we didn't talk about it yesterday, but you know, got the news over the weekend that Jaleel Billingsley is no longer with the program. So that one looks like it's not gonna work out. But you know, like I said, you have hits and misses out of the portal. But I think the transfer portal, not just the guys on the and, and Sark talked about this too. It's kind of an NFL type situation, like when you hit free agency, right? You've got to evaluate your own roster. You know you're going to have some guys transfer out, and then you're going to have to fill those spots with some guys that you take from the portal. So it's uh, it's fascinating. The transfer portal, I can't talk about it enough, Craig, because everything we've heard from college coaches, all our sources within the 24-7 Sports Network, college coaches across the country are preparing for this to just be a complete wheels off next few weeks once the yeah. portal opens on December fifth. I know they're 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 expecting are they fires, floods, dogs and cats laying down together. It re- like around. when you think of the first day of like NFL or NBA free mm-hmm. agency, that's really what December fifth is going to be for college football. If you've ever seen the movie Trading Places, when they go to the stock exchange with the orange juice uh, thing that <laughs> frozen concentrated orange th- juice, yeah, that is the transfer portal. Yeah, pretty much. Or uh, uh, when realignment is released, yeah. <laughs> when the coaches are trying to get non-district games. It's like that, right, Snoop? You've been in Crazy. some of those areas, those distribution areas before, right? So that's one of the funnest parts of every two years. I love witnessing that. Yeah. So this is a question, too. Uh, if a player transfers, do we get that scholarship back to use on a new player? You don't have to worry about that this year. Because the 2022 talent acquisition cycle, as I've dubbed it, and 2023, those are uncapped years in terms of the number of initial counters you can add. They did away with that because there were a lot of G5 schools that were getting raided by the portal and even some lower in FBA, uh, Power 5 schools that were getting raided by the portal through the portal that you were never, you were never going to get your roster numbers back up. Right. So you've got uncapped years with initial counters just as long as you don't go over the 85. You're fine. So don't even you don't even have to think about it as a one for one or the plus seven or whatever we were in last year. It's just hey, don't go over eighty five and go fill your needs. We're done for the day. Not done for the week. We'll be back tomorrow. Plenty more to talk about.
Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales, yep. will be with us tomorrow. Snoop will have the top five players to watch, plus ties. I will. For this week's Lots of ties. state quarterfinal round. We'll look forward to that. No cocaine bears on the list. No. That's a good thing. So we're glad to have that. All right. We invite you to stay tuned. Coming up next, we'll be Chad and Zay. For our man behind the glass, a producer, Snoop Daniel. And for Jeff Howe, I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock right here on Light the Tower. Folks, when is the right time to visit Jack?